0: Hi everyone, and welcome to Take 10 for Torah number 802. I hope you all are well. Any questions, comments, suggestions, recommendations, or sponsorships, please email me at rabbi ismach at taketentfortorah.org. This ten is sponsored in memory of Fred Lewis, 5 Yitzchak, Ben-Aftali, David, Zichrona, Levracha. I wanted to talk about one of the elements that comes up in the beginning of the parsha when the death of Sarah is described. The Torah says, sarah shanim, shnei sarah. The life of Sarah was 100 years, and 20 years and 7 years. These are the lives, the, I'm sorry, the years of Sarah. And... Of course, we know why the Torah divides those into their separate sections. Take a look at Rashi. Sarah dies in Kiria Sarba, which is in the land of Canaan, and Avraham comes to uh, eulogize and to mourn, to cry for her. And Avraham rises. He rose from beside his dead, uh, Sarah. And he speaks to the children of Ches, saying as follows, I'm a resident alien amongst you, sell me a burial site, he wants to buy a burial site, this is going to be the Maras Machpela in Hebron, as we know where the Avos and the Imoros is subsequently buried, and they respond, and the puzzle goes on to say, don't worry, take it, we don't, we're not going to charge you, take it. So first he rises before them, and he says, I want to buy it, and then they respond, And then once again, in Pasuk Zion, it says, He stands up again. And so there's a whole bunch of standing up being done by Avraham. Uh, specifically, the first time, Vayakam, Avraham, he gets up from before his dead, Vayidabro B'nei Ches, and he goes and uh, speaks to the B'nei Ches. So this Vayakam seems superfluous because it could have just said Vayidabro B'nei Ches. Why is it significant, Vayakam, Avraham, that he got up, he rose, and we find that a few psukim later. So the first interpretation of why this Vayakam is so important is Rabbi Bachya. Rabbi Nebachia says, it's because of derech uh, heretz. So he says, "V'niraki haminog haya kishi yadaber hayachad b'fenay rabin." When an individual speaks before a group of people, midaber ma'umid, he speaks standing. U'bekalos suladaber yosheb b'mkomeh, and when he's done speaking, he sits down. V'cheinas Avraham, so Avraham did as well. Diber ma'umid va'amar, he got up and he uh he spoke. He gave that speech, and then he sat down, and then they responded, and now it was time for him to talk to the group, so he arose again. Okay, so that is the, uh, that's the idea of Rebbeinah that simply uh, the reason Vayakam is used is because he was literally Vayakam. He was sitting and standing and sitting and standing, and that's how a person is supposed to comport themselves when it comes to a large group. But this phrase Vayakam Yalpnei Meso is understood with much more significance in the Medrash and in the Gemara. The Gemara, in the beginning of the third parak of Brachos talks about an unfortunate circumstance, Mishemeso Mutal Lefanov. If somebody, unfortunately, suffers a loss, and the corpse is right before them, that they are uh, exempt of different types of mitzvos, i positive obligations. They don't have to be involved in positive obligations. Okay, so then the Gemara brings another source that says, ah, oh, but what if it's in a different room? Then you're also exempt. Uh, so it seems like a contradiction. It doesn't have to be right before you. So the Gemara says, no, we learned from Avraham that kaven shamutl alav mikovro kimutl that literally, when we say, so mutal the corpse is right before you, we don't really mean that it's literally right before you. We mean as long as you're in a situation where you still have it on your head to have the person buried. It's, avram, he gets up from before the presence of his dead, right? So ekbra simul fanai, So that he may bury his dead. That's the goal that he explains why he needs this burial plot from the Bneches. Even though he rose up, it's still described as the ekbara Mesi, that this mace is before me. Calls Lovelo Kovro, the Gemara says, as long as you still have the obligation to bury of Dami, it's as if it's before you. So now, there's a very important halacha that is learned from this scenario, which is, as long as a body goes unburied, the person, the mourner, has the obligation to be involved with that burial. And because you have the obligation, the and foremost, be involved with the burial, uh, making sure people get there, making sure the logistics are taken care of. So therefore, you don't have to do all of the mitzvot say, As a matter of fact, Rav Sadi and says something very interesting, which seems to be against this interpretation. Rav Sadi and says, a uh, person who does business during that time it doesn't count it, it doesn't uh, it doesn't hold um, Memkaro uh, is not memkar. His uh, sale is not sale, his uh, buying is not buying, because he's in such a state. But that seems to go against this idea, because he brings the proof from Avraham, and Avraham is exactly doing business at this time, and he seems to understand that Avraham was done, May panay So he was done from before. Maybe it's only referring to specifically when the debt is before him. That's when the business isn't good, but uh, that's perhaps for a different ten. But in any event, the idea learned from here is that we have this obligation. We have to make sure that we take care of the, uh, the, the Levaya and all of the concerns that relate. There are situations, of course, Shabbos, Yantif, other situations uh, going out of town where you are not uh, bound by this restriction of doing you know, Remember, it is a restriction. You're not supposed to do mitzvos. You're supposed to be doing something else, but that's for a different discussion. What I really wanted to talk about, though, for the last half of the ten, is the idea of me'al p'nei meso. He gets up and he comes to these people and he arises. He steps out of Me'al Pnei Meso. Right? So, the first understanding is it comes to teach us. So it comes to teach us rules relating to you have to go and do it immediately, the Medrash says. You have to go and do it immediately, and you can't delay to do mitzvot, even. You can't delay to do anything else. It has to be taken care of forthright. Okay? So, that's Vayakam. He got up. The Rabbi DeBachi understood that it's about just kavod and how you deal with people. But the other half of the sentence of Me'al Meso is a little bit confusing. What does it mean from the face? The face of his. Um, a corpse, the face of his dead person, of Sarah. What's the face business? So it's interesting. We have this idea of face come up in a Mishnah Navos. Perak Aleph Tesvav, it says, Make your Torah into the mainstay of your life. Say a little bit and, uh, or at least if not the mainstay of your life, something that you... Um, do every day at least, of course, for ten minutes. more maat harbe say a little and do a lot. Say a little again, take ten for Torah. harbe and do a lot and hopefully learn from it. Saver panim yafos. And the last very famous line he says: You should accept everybody with a saver panim yafos. Put on a good face. good on a put on a good face. What does that mean? So maybe that's what we're talking about over here. avraham walks away. He's in a terrible state and he's me- Alpine meso, his face now looks different. Now, the only reason I say this is because the meiri says something really fascinating. The meiri on those words says, what is Saver panam yafos? Sever comes from the Aramaic word, um, uh, savar, like meaning to to think, to think, to have somebody else think that you are panem yafos. It doesn't mean that you're necessarily in a good mood, but it's to put your best, not foot forward, but to put your best... Face forward. He says, Let's say you're in a situation where this person is not your favorite person. Uh, You don't um, like what he does. The thing he thinks is just strange to you. Even then, you need to present a good face towards the person. He says, um, That's the Pshat in this Mishnah. That even if he quotes uh, Avastor of He says, "Malamed, if you have a person that, Let's say somebody gives you everything. But they give you like a sour face. You can give the person everything, but if it doesn't come with a smile, if it doesn't come with a little bit of good cheer, it is a problem. That's the savor panim." Yafos. And even, he continues, if you do this, even if you haven't given him anything, it's as if you have given the person all of the gifts in the world. So the Meiri seems to be saying, and this is how I would inter- interpret the situation, Avraham gets up from before the face of his dead. He means, I don't have my sour face on. I know i am suffered a tragedy. I know things are difficult. And that doesn't mean that you aren't allowed to mourn. It doesn't mean you aren't allowed to show grief. But he was going the extra mile, it seems. Instead of getting his um, mood on everybody else, he made sure by Yocham Me'al Pnei so He rose beyond it. There's a famous story with Yubisal Salanta that there was a guy in the yeshiva running around during Elul, and uh, everyone could see on his face that it was ill, and he was so serious. And uh, Rabbi Sol Salanter said to him, listen, buddy, your face is a Rishus Harabim. It's a public domain. Everybody gets to see your face. Everybody reacts um, to the mutuality of the relationship of the people that they see whenever they see them. You have no right on your Rishus Harabim, your public domain, which is a face and your expression, to make everybody else in a bad mood. So perhaps it's a little bit more of a midrashic interpretation, but those are the ideas of behind Vayakam. Either it's good manners, or Vayakam teaches us an important din, a halacha, relating to the laws of Aninos, or perhaps one can say Vayakam, he got up, he rose, he changed his mood, he was going out to, to see different people, and meso he changed his face so they would be perhaps not as affected by the terrible mood that he was in. Have a good Shabbos.